Um, I kind of just wanted to pick up on some of the topics I was just speaking to Ulrika there. Um, some of the things that we didn't really feel that uh, I really touched much on. So hopefully, um, as I was just saying to Ulrika, we'll maybe just talk a little bit about that and then just get into the stuff that we didn't actually uh, get covered in the two previous interviews. And hopefully, hopefully this will be third time lucky. We managed to actually get to the end of this book. Because I know from speaking to Susanna that uh, there's something that you kind of want to talk about at the end of this, which relates to this book. And I thought to myself, oh, my God, literally just finished this book. And now I'm uh, going to have to do it over again <laughs> with all this new material. <laughs> but you know what? It's a, good, it's a good problem to have, isn't it? It's, it's a brilliant problem to have because, as I said, I fell in love with this book. There was... I've talked about, um, you know, I've done my own talks and done my own videos on the topic of water and, you know, the sacredness of water and stuff like that. But when it came to this book, it was just, um, it was like a whole new level. It was absolutely a whole new level. It taught me so much about the concept of water that I really didn't know about before. So, um, as I said, just really pleased to uh, to be able to uh, revisit this with some new material potentially. So I guess first things first, hi, are you both? It has been a long time since I spoke with Ulrika and Susanna. Lovely to see you again after our last interview. Definitely. So nice to, to you. Yeah, it's so nice to see all of you again. It was a long time for me since I saw you. Yeah, and uh, I was thinking about renaming um, the Spirit Channel podcast to the... Uh, Ulrika, Susanna, and Zenith podcast because I've had you all so much on now. And there's going to be future interviews with you that um, it just seems that uh, I guess we should all kind of share this together. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would be good. Yeah. It's like I mean, the, movie, the never ending story. Yeah. I know a never ending story, part two, part three, part. <laughs> would be doing Hollywood remix part ten. <laughs> oh, but you both look, uh, you both look super. You both look amazing. Um, I was just kind of commenting to Ulrika that like, she has that kind of just out of the shower, you know, look where their hair's kind of tousled and stuff like that. And I was trying to do something different with my own hair um, for this interview. I thought I'll try something different instead of just having it tied up. It doesn't sit down naturally because it's just very straight. It's almost like someone has taken an iron to it. I was like, okay, I'll maybe try and tie it up in a knot around the back. And I kind of had it sitting up here. It, it, it puffed out at the sides. It looked like some sort of Japanese geisha. <laughs> so that idea was quickly quite so just, um, anyway, enough about my hair. <laughs> this is an interview about used to. So, look, yeah, as I said, I just um, wanted to touch on some of the older things that we haven't really, or that I feel maybe really wanted a little bit more information on um, before we kind of move on to the, the more sort of in-depth topic and for anyone who doesn't notice both Ulrika and Susanna are both uh Scandinavian is that correct can I use that term Scandinavian yeah. ladies Denmark and well, Sweden will not correct? be offended all right yes, okay that's okay as long as you're not as long as you're not offended <laughs> but um the two fantastic ladies um two lovely lovely ladies who I've really grown close to both authors both uh, feminist leadership coaches, uh, both with so much experience in their fields, 
Uh, Ulrika is a spiritual teacher, yoga therapist, ther feminine leadership coach. She's the author of three books. Um, she has so much experience about her, like 28 years, probably more than that, near 30 years now of holistic experience. Susanna is another author, author of about three books and a co-author of another five. She hosts her own podcast, has uh, so many kind of websites um, and has her finger in so many kind of pies that it's very hard to keep up with her. She is a seer, futurist, and energy coach or energy seer and futurist. And she also describes herself as a superhero, which is a fantastic way to describe yourself, something that I might take on for myself. Um, so hopefully that is, is uh, a good enough kind of introduction. As I said, there are plenty of kind of uh, deeper introductions that are available on my kind of YouTube channel um, for previous interviews. But we're here to talk about the third interview in the series, which is your co-authored book, Holy Fuck and Sacred Water. And for anyone who doesn't know, Holy Fuck is about the sacred union between all things. Um, and sacred water is about the topic of water and how water is so much more than we currently accepted and understand. And it's just a fascinating topic. And I guess the first thing I just wanted to touch back on is that in the start of your book, you mentioned that um, is that both of you challenge us or the reader to feel if any of the contact in the book is true using your intuition and heart. And that uh, both of you kind of hope that uh, what this book does is make you curious about your sexuality, about your water, your inner flow and necessity to purify inner water. I wanted to ask you both, why do you say that um, you challenge us to feel if the book is true rather than just read it? So whoever Should wants I to go first. Yeah, I can start. So thank you. Uh, so for me... Uh, for me, I mean, we are we are so living in human bodies. We have these human experience in our physical bodies here in 3D in, in Matrix <laughs> version. So, as as the soul resides within the body, we need we need to feel because the feeling also gives us like an inner knowing. We just know, and like feelings, emotions are our energy, information moving through the body. But for many of us, the information is stored, such as in frozen emotions. So we have stored a lot of frozen emotions from this lifetime and previous lifetime. And this frozen, this frozen emotions contains codes and information. So every time that we feel and we are allowing the emotions to run through us the way that they're supposed to, if we are angry, if we are sad, if we are happy, horny, whatever, you know, just let these emotions, the information flow through. It makes it so much easier to feel. And the less we feel, the more things we store in the frozen emotions. So that means that we have less access to, you know, divine inner dormant code that we all have within us. So for me, to start feel, it is, you know, a beginning to transformation into higher states of consciousness because the consciousness is also stored within the frozen emotions. So 
and as, as as we we are taught at a very early age not to feel too much not to be too happy too angry too sad so this means that we are suppressing ourselves in our natural flow of emotions and information so to start to feel is a good way to start to sort of melt these frozen emotions and then have access to the highest states of consciousness and the sacred codes within us Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. And and to just add to that, I also see that that if we, instead of other people, we live in a, in a reality where we're supposed to listen to experts and we lose touch with ourselves and our own truth. And that is like part of the intention with this book is really to help people to feel into their own intuition and their own truth. Instead of us saying, hey, we have all the answers and now you should listen to us. That is how we lose our power. And like we, we need to come back and take back the power from all these different experts and the authorities and who say they know much more than we do. But it that is not even true because who knows you more than you? So, so for us to encourage people to really come into their own and what they, what vibrates and resonates with me now, that can also change over time. So we shouldn't be able to, we shouldn't, you know, try to hold on to one truth uh, because there might be other other new information coming into our field that we were not ready to to bring into our field before so there that is also how we expand our different our consciousness and our fields is through the more we we can bring in and we cannot do that by just listening and be in our mind and hear what other people say is true that has to come sit in our body and and you know like when you melt your frozen emotions then you you get the, get the codes that, that then expand your field and you embody that knowledge and wisdom yeah, i totally yeah, agree yeah. and i also, i i just also want to add because uh, when we're talking more things are coming through so i totally agree and most people in western societies we are way too much in our headspace as Susanna was saying, like we are mentally believing what other people are saying. So we, the energy is being pulled to our headspace and in a mental space. But when we are being embodied, we, we take the energy, the power back within our bodies. And that's where we have, you know, the resources also to do differently, because we always have to use our bodies in new actions that we take. So, uh, and in the yeah. body you feel, in the in the mind you think and overanalyze, being overanalytical and, and things like that. But in the body you feel it, you know it. It goes deeper. Yeah, yeah it, uh, the thing that came to mind to me there is when uh, you're just reading, when you're listening, uh, you're not actually feeling, it just becomes dogma then. It just becomes dogma, um, very much like our kind of major religions um, where people just read without actually determining what's true for them so i think that's uh, just something that to me is what you're saying like feel if any of the book is true don't just accept it um feel for you what is true for you what is true for you may not be true for someone else so that we're not caught up in the same set of cycle that we've already been with for for thousands of years 
as you say, that you two are not the, the ultimate authorities on this here. You've uh, brought a lot of information forward, but it's up to the reader of the book to feel, not just think about what is true for them. Then there may be aspects that touch them. Them aspects may not be uh, for someone else, but other aspects of the book that you talk about um, may strike a chord for them. But it's just really important that you that you feel for it. If you um, if you get a feel for something, it's your own kind of intuition that's guiding you along the path. This is the path for you instead of just repeating kind of words. Yeah, really interesting. The other thing I wanted to mention is that um, you talked there just briefly, kind of at the start of the book, about reclaiming the sexual and holy aspects of us, which have been shamed, especially for women, um, shamed and tabooed for hundreds, if not thousands of years, and the power of 13, um, which is really interesting. There's a 13,000 year cycle, 13 cycles of feminine power, 13 zodiac signs, 13 lunar cycles. Women ovulate on the 13th day, is that correct? Or 13 women cycles. So I'm just kind of wondering what this 13 is kind of all about, what the significance of that is. What is it that is being brought up that uh, has been either suppressed or forgotten? And what we can kind of do with that information? Yeah, you can say that that for um you know you you hear that it's that friday the 13th is this you know it's just like an unlucky day and you know they're 13 some buildings they have not even the level 13 on because it and as i see it it's 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 because a lot of the things we're taught is that polar opposite so a lot of things such as 13 because it's a, the number of the feminine power you know like the the cycles we we live so when we reduce things like the months um that we have 12 months instead of 13 months so that that also put us like into a dysfunctional or or um it, it's not aligned and balanced because it, from the natural cycle so it keeps us in the matrix and because the energy field is is a bit whacked up with this all these cycles we can't access all the different codes so when we start to again question uh, the, what is true here and really look at the natural occurrences of the number 13 we start to realize nothing to be scared of the reason we are scared of it because of the program they put in to say stay away because it's the number of the feminine power and that is the power of in the feminine both in men and women so it's not like a, just a female thing it, it it's the feminine essence type of of where it's a very embrace uh, where, where women stand in their power in their or or you know the feminine part of us where it was also very embracing and nurturing and when we cut that bit of ourselves it's also when we what as Ulrika was saying before we we become very mind oriented and you know like and we also segregate and, and separate from from each other because it's all about me 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 
instead of of so there's a lot of that uh, nurturing uh, power of the number 13 as i when i tune into that frequency and vibration of that number yeah you also mentioned there as well that um <clears throat> mary magdalene who has a very different betrayal in our current uh biblical uh bible i guess is actually the 13th apostle um instead of the 12th apostle and once yeah. again it's it's a woman and a suppression of women power and obviously there's we kind of want to go on and talk a little bit <clears throat> maybe about uh mary magdalene but uh, um so it's just kind of interesting as well it's this idea of the feminine and it's not just feminine as in females but it's a feminine energy and the feminine uh energy is very much connected to the spiritual but the masculine is very much connected to the physical so it's a denial of our uh of our of our power so all of these things have been suppressed um 13 zodiac signs you kind of also mentioned and it's just interesting that the 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 macro or the cosmic is linked very much to the micro the inner world of ourselves where uh, women uh, have 13 cycles and ovulate on the 13th day so all of these things are reflective i um, guess that kind of uh hermetic principle as above so below comes into effect then okay so when you were just talking a little bit there about um the energy you know that uh we're both encompassing feminine and masculine energy um and it's we need to bring those energies into balance um it's not about so much about oh the return of the divine feminine and dying with the patriarch dying with the you know the, the masculine it's about bringing these energies into balance and we have the the masculine energy which is more about the fiery yang the masculine is more about doing and when we live too much in the masculine as we've been doing for thousands of years it has dried out and depleted the feminine which is the yin the water so the result is burnout and depression and you mentioned that because of this our water doesn't flow i was wondering could you maybe just elaborate a little bit on that either of you uh, the way I see it is also that not only that we are for, for thousands of years been too much in the young energy and that the yin has been suppressed, we have been in the immature, the unconscious energies of the masculine and the feminine. And you can see it in, in ourselves, you can see it, you know, in each and one of us out there and you can see it collectively in the collective consciousness. So immature and unconscious uh, an example of the feminine could be manipulation and if we see what has been going on in the world for the past couple of years we see a lot of manipulation so that is the essence of the immature and unconscious feminine which we have in us mm. whether in a female body or in a male body and then we see the um, the immature expression one of the immature and unconscious expression of the masculine which can be to be good to be the good girl or the good guy to perform to always you know be on the move uh, and we see this a lot so and for many of us where myself included i i have been burned out and depressed so that means that i had too much of this fiery energy of the unconscious masculine 
fiery energy and that I wanted to be good. I wanted to move on. I wanted to, you know, be acknowledged for that I was a good girl, uh, good mom, good citizens, you know, good appearance, whatever, whatever that we bring into by being good, we are upholding these unconscious young energies. So, and the divine feminine and the divine masculine uh, expressions have been both have been suppressed because the divine and conscious masculine energy is like clarity to have the clarity to see through all the bullshit that you are telling yourself and that you are surrounded with. So the clarity is like a sword to cut through all the bullshit and all the layers. So you need the clarity. You need this direction with the clarity and the, the conscious feminine essence is unconditional love for instance and i don't know anybody who has been brought up with unconditional love because the love is always conditioned like if you do this then i'm gonna love you if you eat up your food you're gonna have dessert if you tell me you love me then i'll tell you you love you so it's like a, like a trade between cattles uh so so both of the energies of the feminine and the masculine have been suppressed and that's why we also need not only to merge the feminine and the masculine as, as a holy fuck, as we are mentioning in the book a lot. We also have to upgrade and to raise in vibration each and one of us on the feminine and the masculine so we can transform the shadow side of the feminine and the masculine into the highest states of consciousness. And when we do this, then I... My personally, I vibrate out in the collective consciousness in another, you know, in another energy, in another vibration. And this, this helps also other to vibrate uh, into this high states of consciousness. But so it's not only the merge, because we don't want the merge of the holy fuck, of the unholy or unconscious in an, uh, masculine energy. We want the conscious energy. <laughs> Because otherwise, we're so, still going to uphold the energies that is going on, you know, in the world today. Yes. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So, basically, what we're kind of <clears throat> embodying and what we have been embodying is the unconscious feminine and unconscious masculine aspects of ourselves. And once we begin to understand the true power and uh, understand how it has been suppressed, the divine masculine and the divine feminine. Um, that becomes the conscious feminine and the conscious masculine. Is that what you're saying? That is exactly what I'm saying. And by doing so, we raise the vibration, raise the frequency. So we move from the third dimensional where our bodies are in and we move to the origin of our soul essences from the fifth dimension and above. So then we become more aligned with who we truly are on a soul level and then we change the world you know so the change starts within each and one of us and but some people obviously don't want us to be who we are on a soul level they don't want the merge of the holy fuck of the divine feminine and the divine masculine because then we would see through the bullshit and we would say no like Susanna was saying it's we are taking back the powers and we don't need the government government also meaning mind control so people are also afraid of the powers of the divine feminine and the masculine especially when they are merging we access yeah. a lot what, of what can of we do force. then to embody 
Yeah, you go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say that. No, I was that, just going to say, what can we do then? Yeah. <laughs> There's a delay here, uh -huh. so we're getting cut off. Yeah. Carry on, and then I'll ask my question after Susanna. Now, I was going to say that that when we look at the different programs we have, like we become conscious of the programs without actually judging and you know beating ourselves in the head with them, but we can see that, oh, this is a shadow and this is a program. It's not who I really am. Then we, we also um, release that blockage in our system which creates more flow and we get access to more of the like the, the flow and the water in our bodies and then we access much more life force so we release the life force within us and and we contain so much energetic power and and power of the life force within us and that is what scares the hell of those who wants to control us so, so it it's um of course, they don't want us to to know and access these powers. So that, that's how I see it. But yeah, yeah. And I also want to say because this is so important because there's also a misperception in people when we are saying that we are, you know, we need to raise our frequency, raise our vibration. People think that we are you know, becoming enlightened, that we are only moving upwards in the ascending masculine flow. But this is not the truth. The truth is that we, as you were saying, Sen, like we need, you know, the ascending masculine flow, and but we need the descending feminine flow. So this makes us embodied. It makes us come back into our heart to, to unlearn the program so we can, we can do the condition of and transform it into unconditional love so here's the saying again like as above as below because as far as i want to travel upwards and to be enlightened as much as i need to go inward below you know on the descending flow as much 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 as i want to expand i also need to do the same kind of movement within me it's always like with the arrow because you want the arrow to move forward. So first you take it backwards so you can let it fly away. And it's the same here. So we cannot only continue to moving in the ascending flow and being enlightened. That's the mental spirituality. It's not embodied. So we need the embodiment with the descending flow for the vibration to rise. And not be scared yeah, of the dark. <laughs> dark. That is the feminine. It's the like the the dark that is where the potentials are and i think we spoke about this last time we when we were on seeing it but uh, so so it, it's like a lot of people especially in the spiritual community they just want to stay positive and have positive thoughts and they don't want to see and they you know they put their heads in the sand it's like no 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 i don't want to know because i want to have a high vibe you can never access the high vibrations if you reject half half of it so it, it's to to also realize that uh, you know it's again like the both the feminine and masculine the dark and the light we we need it all to be whole and we cannot fear half of who we are because we all have shadows but it's not who 
it's not who we are, but we all have them. And the moment we don't want to look at them, we cannot access and bright as bright or shine as bright as we can and access as much life force. This is fantastic. I could just let you two talk away and just sit in the background here. <laughs> then you would be sitting in for hours. Um, yeah. for hours. <laughs> <laughs> we, all, we already have the three of us. This is why we're doing a third interview. Um, I think that just kind of answers. I was just going to sort of ask, like, what can we do to embody more the divine feminine and the divine masculine energies and to bring them into balance but i think between the two of you you've kind of sort of answered that you know becoming aware of the programs and uh kind of doing away with them trusting our own kind of intuition and understanding that we need to you know embody all aspects of ourselves, the shadow side along with the the happy positive side that we like to kind of show the world um, and i guess uh, when you're kind of talking about the uh, uh <clears throat> the descending feminine and the uh rising masculine that sounds very much and it probably is very much linked to kundalini energies where we have the uh the, the the ascending energy and then we're drawing down the 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 kind of uh cosmic energy so um probably another expression of these kind of energies exactly same, sure. same, just different. So, uh, different one of the other kind of things that I wanted to, yeah, mention. Yeah, just different. So one of the other kind of things that I wanted to mention about is the, um, we just basically touched on the pineal gland that I want a little bit about that. There's uh, obviously a lot of people understand that to be the third eye. It's our intuition, our psychic psych reactivates our kind of uh, light bulb. One of the things that you kind of said there that um, really struck with me was that the reactivation of our pineal gland and our third eye and our uh, latent abilities, this reactivation is seen as a halo around the head. And we typically associate halos in the head in, uh, with around saints or masters. And you also mentioned it's also a portal. The question there is what has this got to do with the concept of the holy fuck? You can start, Susanna. Yeah, so you you know you can see this the, the pineal gland. It, you know it looks like a, a pine cone, right? So you can see it also in the Vatican. They have all these statues. They the Pope walk around because they realize the power of of the pineal gland because that is like the portal to go to other dimensions uh, you know stargates through to different realities so one of the things that they also have done is to calcify our pineal gland so all the chlorides and and you know like the um, in the pool water, in our toothpaste, in the water, it's all the fluorides, right? So uh, chlorides and fluorides, that calcifies our pineal gland and make it um, um, 
where basically you can't access and you can see a lot of kids today they have um, they can't process information very well and they get all these different diagnoses but often it's it's related to 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 uh, a calcified pineal gland so when you can clear that out um, the calcification and you get access to and and a pineal gland contains water and crystals so again it's like the the same elements everywhere and so it's it's the in the water when we have different um that life spark comes and we get like a realization or or we open up and and we see things or that brings like this life spark and then you can access and and more of of this energy which then you can start to connect and you know a lot of people who do ayahuasca ceremonies and things like that they you know they they open up to to that in the pineal gland Mm -hmm. um so that that is like also the holy fuck is that when when that life spark it creates something new so it, it from the water and the crystals and that is how how new information new consciousness is is opened up i totally agree with susanna and then uh, two more perspectives from me uh, that um as as i was saying many people in our Western societies, we are way too much up in our headspace. We are thinking too much. We are, you know, overwhelmed with thoughts. The Buddhists calls it the monkey mind because our thoughts are always moving, making sounds. And many of us believes our thoughts. So even if, if I have, you know, if I'm if stressed and I'm too much up in my headspace, too rational, analytical, etc. This also closes down the pineal gland. So too much activity. Uh, many people believe that okay, so we are becoming enlightened again. The ascending masculine flow, but also too much thinking also closes down uh, the connection of the pineal gland. It makes us see illusions rather than visions. And here is another thing that is very important that. We know I'm a yogi uh, and in yoga, all the chakras needs to be aligned also for us to be, you know, merged as in the holy fuck. And if I have seen or been part of like, you know, too much terror, violence, etc., this closes down the pineal gland and it affects me like in my third chakra, the fire chakra, it makes me feel apathy apathetic so Mm -hmm. that's why we can see so many kids you know from war zones or women or men that have been traumatized seeing too much violence they go into this freeze mode or being apathetic because it's stored in the body so you can also do the other way around you can work with clearing out the traumas and the polluted water from from the chakra of, of of the fire and, and then when you open that up, you can also enhance the communication between the pineal glands. So it goes both ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have nothing further to add to that. Um, you two are just doing a great job of 
um, getting around these questions. And that obviously is what um, what you're saying here. That's why the halo comes across because it's been activated and it's creating this maybe energy field then. But you also mentioned it was a portal as well, or did we already cover that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You go. You go. <laughs> well, um, we live like, you know, it's like Dr. Strange in the multiverse. So that is also one of the ways how if we want, if we're not happy with the reality we have, we can change and start to make a different reality our new reality. So we can jump and that is something you can do with the, with the help of, of this halo or the, the field that's created. That is how they, they say a lot of yogis and masters who ascend or the, the, the so-called ascended masters, they, they uh, go from this uh, three-dimensional life form and into other dimensions where they are basically invisible like they say that you know they were there and they were meditating at working you know expanding their their pineal gland and you know really have an active pineal gland and then they were gone there are all these stories about these monks and yogis and things like that that all of a sudden they just vanish and out of the surface of the world so that is where they should you, you know a portal going into a different reality uh we don't have to you know lose our physical body there's all these parallel realities where we were still very very similar but you can there's a slight difference there's tiny little things about could be that you you come home and there's something that wasn't there before or something is missing there could be a different bed sheet or like a new flower something a tiny little detail that is different and then you know you have shifted your reality you're in a different universe like a multiverse version and and a lot of people, I remember I read the book about all these different uh, stories of people who, that in one reality, they were actually boyfriend with their neighbor. And then shift, one morning she woke up and she was in a different reality and there was these tiny little things. And then she comes and, you know, wants, it's like, where's my boyfriend? And it's like, and they didn't know each other in that reality. So it's just like, is it, it can be a bit creepy, but well. <laughs> I guess if you, <laughs> if you lose your partner, but, but, <laughs> but it's just interesting when you start to explore these possibilities and, and where, where do I want which type of reality um, do I want to create for myself? And that's the, the question. What are the things I want to experience? Sorry. Sorry, yeah, I closed that. It closed down. The people are coming okay. through. That's interesting. That's a portal. <laughs> it's a yeah. reality where... <laughs> exactly and and my perspective is also <laughs> why does it have to be this reality why it, it is it's also connected to the soul star chakra 
the halo is also connected to the soul star's chakra and when i am aligned with who i am my chakras and the merge of the feminine and the masculine in the holy fuck when i am a holy fuck the pollution i have transformed the pollution i've transformed my shadows into higher states of light and consciousness and then i'm aligned so and when i'm aligned to my soul i can you know have access also to the akashic record so the akashic record not only is stored above us it is also stored within us in each cell in each organ and also if you are looking you know uh long time ago when people were kissing their master's feet or were kissing the feet of jesus and things like that that is because the wisdom is said also to be stored in the soul star chakra which is beneath the feet so so again we have the 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 alignment of as as above as below because we we cannot also just have have you know we need to be aligned all the way from the earth star chakra from from gaia all the way to the universe and back and forth this is how the energy is working so it's not like one way around so uh, i think it's very interesting also that the things that we are saying it's we can also see you know a long time ago when when people were kissing their master's feet because they want to have access of their of their frequency of their knowledge of their wisdom which was stored both up here in the halo and access to the portals but also accessing to to gaia and her you know amazing wisdom yeah. i um i want to move on now to um things where as I said, a few more uh, topics before we kind of move on to the bits that we haven't got covered. And I feel that I didn't really, um, or we didn't really get into too much about um, the importance of blood. So my next kind of uh, questions are all about kind of uh, the topic of, of our water. Um, and one of the things just before we kind of get onto the blood was I kind of wanted to bring up, and I kind of wonder, is this uh, related to the concept of activating our uh, pineal gland, or is it just something different? But Susanna mentioned that you uh, know a woman who, through breathing techniques, has transformed the pain of childbirth into pleasure and had multiple orgasms. Yeah. Which is pretty much unheard of, I guess. I'm sure all kind of women who are going through childbirth with to have multiple orgasms instead of horrendous pain yeah but again everything is the opposite so we we are you know when when something i have this philosophy if it doesn't really feel good it's not true because i i believe it's we're not supposed to live in pain and suffering that is part of the matrix system because that that sucks our life force energy, right? So when f things feels good, we access more and more life force. So I have a theory, well, that I would not be able to confirm, but that that we, in the beginning, childbirth was orgasmic because it it's again is the holy fuck and it's between, uh, you you create new life why would that be painful it doesn't make sense at all and i think it's also part of the whole trauma and programming and everything that and also the whole 
bombardation that we are sinners and is something you know nasty or and bad and childbirth is at these days we're not even supposed to give birth but but they just cut us open and take out the child there's no natural um because people are so programmed and scared and contracted so there isn't any space but when we relax our body activate the vagus nerve through our breathing you can use that pain to create the flow and then the body will naturally bring it out and if you look at what happens in an orgasm it's the contraction and expansion contraction expansion that is how it works so that's how i see that that is what what would be like a natural way is to to use the orgasm to push the baby out and i i i believe it goes for anything that you can turn pleasure into pain and uh, you know to transform the frozen emotions that are programmed programs are also stored in frozen emotions so you can turn pretty much anything from pleasure into pain from lower states of consciousness to high states of consciousness from shadows to more light so, and it would be probably more beneficial to do it the other way around to turn pain into pleasure but <laughs> What did I say? Yeah, sorry. Of course, that's what I meant. <laughs> that's what I meant. The main man was here, so I was distracted. I'm sorry. Of course. But but, but people also believe that I did I didn't want to correct you. <laughs> uh, that's good that you that you corrected me. Yeah, for sure. But we can transform all kinds of all kind like my own pain in my life being depressed and suicidal. I have transformed like you know just by being here with you guys so we can transform pretty much anything any kind of pain into pleasure and into more awareness more flow and the more the more flow the more access we have to the sacred water and the codes within it so but here's the thing most of us we have resistance we have like the resistance is also frozen frozen emotions because when we resist the resistance we create more pain right so it's all again to really clear out all these frozen emotions that are stored the programs the the 95% uh, of unconscious or subconscious that is stored within the body so the more we clear out the more access we have to to pleasure And um, just kind of moving on, when we're talking about water, um, water is also uh, part of our blood. So our blood then is also sacred because we were talking about child. And you mentioned in the book about these initiations that we go through where we, for women then, you know, the next kind of major uh, event is when they begin to menstruate for the first time, their first period. Um, our first sexual encounter where the, the the uni penetrates the hymen of the um did I I'm not with your uh, the uni uh, uh what is it what is it called I can't quite remember I have a pretty bad reception 
So I, I, I couldn't hear you. Susanna, did you hear him? Oh, I think it's it's uh, lacking a little bit from your end, Sunit, but 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 I what I'm I hear you say is it's about the uh, the, the the different initiation stages of and how blood is such a big part of it and yeah. and that is also where you can see how it's it yes. it has a lot of power because and then you have like the 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 evil darkness is you know the um side of it where you can have all these blood sacrifices from the all these uh, uh satanic rituals where it's all about the blood because it has a lot of power within and that is is an um is where everything flows through and you know when we get angry uh, you know you can feel the blood pumps and when we freeze uh, due to fear our blood vessels contract so again you know you can see it from the micro and macro perspectives of this and and if you look at three on the uh, on the leaf you can see the like the the veins of, of the leaves is where all the, the the energy goes out and create this um green color so the the blood of, of plants is chlorophyll yeah and i also i want to jump in here also saying that uh, as you were saying Sanif, that there's uh, different initiations like just when we are being born you know we are covered with blood so the blood is covering us and the the wisdom that is traveling within the blood is you know is is covering us as we are being born and as, as a yogi the bloodstream also carry our deepest deepest intention it might even be so deep so we're not even aware of it not even conscious of it so but it carries the intention and it carries the wisdom and all these different passages like as a woman uh when as you said uh, when I'm having my first menstruation, it is like this portal that is opening and that I having more access to, to prana, to life force, to the wisdom. And also now when I, when I am in menopause, it's also interesting because then I have more access. There's no leakage of the blood from me anymore. So I'm, I'm a container of this, this blood, this wisdom. And this is also an, an ignition uh for women and i also think for men to to come to the crown chakra crown chakra which is you know um beyond beyond the understanding or the knowledge about you know just being logical it, it is beyond beyond words it is the eternal connection to father sky and to the universal realms so when when i am in menopause i actually you know my container is is I have all the wisdom within me and then I'm enlightened in the crown chakra. So all these different passages have a different meaning when it comes to blood. And blood is also, you know, what, what is connecting the cells, the information, the heart and everything. And we, we know that the, the, the divine feminine and the divine masculine, the holy, they, they meet in the heart where we can have feelings and accessibility of unconditional love. So the blood is very important. Mm -hmm. And um, just another 
kind of question here on um, our waters as well is the importance of the moon or what I was actually talking about this recently on wisdom um, but obviously as I said no, there's so much more to this than we currently understand we know obviously the importance of moon on our tides and currents you know that it has an effect on lunar or not lunar cycles on our tidal cycles um, but we also have the influence of lunar cycles on reproduction and fertility, um, on menstruation and melatonin levels. So I'm just kind of wondering uh, how does that affect our water? Because you've also mentioned about the A&E levels, human behavior and crime and following the plot lines with our own mind personally, but uh, women and feminines are cycles, but we need to realign with the the lunar cycle. You yeah, have we some... have, yeah, we have both the the, the lunar, you know, we, we become lunatics, right? So when it's the full moon and, the, you know, it, 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 there's a reason why in a tick because it that is when their inner wolf and that that energy is 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 brought out of us and and they have even done studies where they've realized there's more car accidents and the the emergency uh, rooms are are more occupied when there is a full moon so there there are all these things that we cannot explain but around uh, uh, the lunar cycle. And then we can also qu then question, uh, is that due to the artificial, um, you know, things or, or is it the sun and moon? Are they real? You know, like there's always these questions we don't really know, but what we can observe is that, that uh, a lot of people uh, cannot sleep very well during full moon and that there's this and we can when we start to accept and see these patterns and follow the cycles we don't have to take things so personally because that's one of the things that i see is that people take life very very personally and when we don't see the bigger broader macro perspectives of things we blame ourselves a lot and we're never good enough and you know we was just like oh i'm it's my own fault i don't sleep well but you know we become very uh, self-centered in that sense instead of actually you know blame the moon or you know it's it's actually <laughs> we shouldn't be that you know we are so especially in the spiritual community so taught that you know it, it's a, it is important with responsibility of course but also realize there's more dimensions to this than only you and your things so it's not either or it's both and so to to really live our lives and and uh, and be aware of the different natural cycles such than lunar cycles um, our own menstrual cycles that in the, to the degree we can really release also like it relaxes our systems much more because it's when we try to push through 
it's like we it becomes like magnets it, it pulls apart it's very difficult but we if we don't resist as we were talking about before we don't resist that th these things the things that comes from the lunar is and ah okay it's a full moon so no wonder i'm a very emotional or you know that then then it, it's easier for us to relax and and go with the flow because there's not as much resistance and generally as we have said we both have yin and yang yin and yang qualities whether i am in a female body in this life or if i'm in a male body but generally women have more access to the yin energy and generally men have more access to the yang energy and like this is also the young energy the sun goes up and down and it's like the lingam you know the pillar of light it can be up or it can go down but the lunar cycle is i think we it's like 14 14 different stages of the lunar cycle for us women so that's why we are so much more moody also because it's it's changing more like more fluidly than for men men are on or off <laughs> I'm, I'm very general speaking here, but for us women, we can be one day, we can be, you know, happy the other day, we can be sad and then we are mellow and then we are serious because that's also influenced by, uh, by the water and the ebb and tide, like something goes different places. So that's also a big difference, the yin and yang and whether if I'm a female or in a male body. of menstruation and uh, how we've got out of alignment of uh, being in, in alignment with our planetary movements and the phases of the of the moon and why so many women have heady flows one month and then have maybe a trickle or it comes late or it comes early we've got completely out of that and uh, I don't know but to me I don't know because obviously I'm not a woman, but I kind of thought about this. You know, we seem to have all of these kind of sanitary products that really don't do really a great deal for women. And I think that, um, do you think that uh, these kind of sanitary products and all of the kind of things that are designed to help women, um, do you think it's a natural state that we're meant to be in, that women are kind of meant to naturally menstruate? Or do you think that perhaps... Um, given today's technology and the resources that we have um that there could be and do you think there should there be technology and uh medication that uh stop that um the the the, the physical pains associated with menstruation or is it just because we've become so out of alignment with our own body and if we were alignment with our own body then our menstruations or women's menstruations would be so much easier absolutely so I, they're, they're, I see it as we're not meant to be in pain this is supposed to be pleasure because i see that uh the, the using the moon cycles like our own moon cycle uh to also uh, a lot of in the old days they used to use the blood and 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 fertilize mother earth give it back to mother earth so they would gather the blood 
and and plant it to to give that wisdom uh, back to Mother Earth so she can then regrow. So it's just like to also honor the cycle of Mother Earth with the blood, uh, the nutrients, the everything. With all these sanitary things that we we get, there's so much chemicals that create so much uh, hormonal imbalances that it, it, it's quite scary. Um, and there, there are more natural methods to relieve the pain and also go into what is the trauma why are we so contracted because and and blocked in that chakra and Ulysse can explain much more uh, better than i can about that that uh that chakra and what it does but but i see it it really is is it the it's all to come back to the natural flows and cycles, not to stop it. That is, again, just to get us even more out of balance and keep us even more separated. The moment we give up on, on you know, that no one should, we are all the same and we should, no one should menstruate, no one, we all should give birth or no one should give birth or whatever their agendas are. We give up who we are and what we came here to do because that is not the natural way. I don't believe in the, to use artificial uh, in any kind if if i can you know if, if there are natural ways to to come back and be whole and naturally within itself i totally agree and i also want to add that um like you were saying susanna that the blood from the beginning is you know as we are part of nature the blood is supposedly to go back also to nature to nurture gaia and to use as a fertilizer but also you know when you know i'm talking about a long time ago when women knew about these things and they allowed their moon blood to go back to gaia to mother earth then also that was like the sacrificing of the blood to the earth but in a natural way and also take a look you know throughout history where there have been so much wars as women started to use pads or you know menstruation things technologies to to stop the natural flow so and the the natural cycles of blood to gaia as a fertilizer then been from wars you know killing people and so their blood nurture gaia and and I truly, truly believe that if we could go back to the natural cycle where we return our blood to Gaia, there would be also less wars because then there would not be this imbalance. So that is like one perspective also uh, of it. And and um, the other perspective that I, that is really important on a way that is really not in, in our natural way and following the natural cycles is... Uh, many women today, myself included at the time, uh, when we have menstruation, we are so busy, you know, we are running around in matrix, we are having a lot of meetings, and then we go and shop groceries, and then we have kids to take care of, and we are, you know, 
working eight hours a day. And, and that is not the natural way because every time when we when women menstruate, it's like a small death. You know, we are giving the blood, so it's like a death. So it's the opportunity to be reborn again, to really reflect, to really move inwards and, and to be with the inner flow, you know, like in some tribes in Africa that they have menstruation huts where a woman who's bleeding, she goes in there and then all the other women, they tend to her children and they give her food and she can lie there and, you know, rest as, as it is a death, sort of a death. It prepare, prepares us for the day that we are going to die. So, but here in the Western world, again, we do it the other way around. Okay, I have uh, my period, so I take a, a, a pill for my pain and then I run away and I go to the gym and I do, you know, that is going against the natural. And we are so programmed to believe, we don't even, you know, we don't even think about it. So there's like, all, again, different perspectives on the same thing. Mm -hmm. yeah great answer and uh, just kind of moving on about uh, although we could sit and talk about this all day I could sit and talk to you two all day about this but kind of aware that we're we're already kind of an hour into the interview um, I just wanted to move on to um, we talked a little bit about you know the rise of feminine power and how it's the balance of both energies and you both said connected because this book has been uh, divinely channeled. You received so much downloads for, for this, um, but you both connected with the Akashic Record um, and asked why do women kind of sacrifice themselves and their kind of own needs? And I just thought that was a kind of natural way to segue into this from talking about um, how their own cycles have been elevated and... Uh, We've got away from our natural flow, um, and I, in a way, it's women having to sacrifice themselves and their own needs. And I kind of wondered, was there more to that when you connect with the Akashi? Ask that question. You can start, Susanna. I I didn't quite hear the question. It was lagging a bit. I don't know if if it's your internet, Sanif, but uh, you go, Susanna, and I follow yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, so what what you're asking is about uh, now I lost it because I guess <laughs> what was your question, Zenit? I know I'm aware of the connection. Isn't it really elaborate a little bit? Um like the question was like, you know, when you connected with the Akashic and uh, this idea of women sacrificing themselves and their kind of own needs and um this kind of like is, is symbolic or um, one of the ways that women sacrifice themselves is by not um, uh, realigning themselves with their own kind of flow. They're, they're being asked to sacrifice that aspect of themselves. They've become so much out of balance. Um, probably back from the times of Mary Magdalene of not kind of beyond, you know, or, or kind of further back from that, how we've got away from that original concept. Like, why do you think that women you know, are sacrificed themselves or have sacrificed themselves and their kind of own needs, the suppression of feminine power. Um, and maybe just to elaborate a little bit on that, 
for instance, because you talk about the Cathedral of Notre Dame, which was burnt down, which was a symbol of feminine energy. Um, it was originally dedicated to, to Mary Magdalene, if a lot of people kind of didn't know. So just kind of wanted to ask a little, maybe a little bit about that, that kind of concept. I, I see it really like uh, if you look at the, the Mary Magdalene, she's been in, uh, in hiding for for thousands of years um being branded as a whore and uh, the prostitute and and all of that her role as i i see it is that she was the one who with her nurturing energy filled jesus up to his life force so he could go out and spread the word and be in his energy but she was just like the, the holy grail she was the cup of of the wisdom that he could then fill up his life force so he could give out to the masses i think that men and women are meant to complement each other not be the same and equal and do the same things, I think we are meant to complement each other in different ways. And there's a reason why men are more physically strong. I'm not saying go back to the old way whether, you know, the, to stand by the kitchen and, you know, cook for the man and then he was the provider. I'm not saying that. But there are uh, ways that, that we could actually enhance and support each other much more if we used the wisdom of this holy grail of that feminine essence also within ourselves that and i'm not sure if it's more like a deep state agenda the to remove ourselves from that feminine power because if you look at it the feminine is like or the, the the womb is where from everything is is created like it's also in the universe you have everything is created through in this field of of the womb the baby comes out of the womb everything is, is that creative force is is held within the water and we are water and the planet is water the universe is everything have water molecules so it's it's that is like the feminine uh essence in a way that the water molecules which means that all the information flows through so it's not in my reality it's not so much that uh we you know go away and i think that that is part of the programming of the matrix to keep us away from the power because if we when it's not if when we reclaim our power there will be no wars as ulis was saying there will be no fighting because that it goes against the feminine essence and that goes within men and women and uh, so it's it's uh that's how I, I I see what what come have come through for me. It, it's a very 
everything is in, in so many layers and dimensions. So it's difficult to just say it's like one thing because it all depends on what, which dimension are you talking about? Like from a 3D perspective? Yes, and through the history we're taught, but th th that is not the true history. Because if you look through the, the all the history, where are the women? It seems like there is only men. And for some reason, even in the Christian traditional story, the, you know, it was Adam and Eve, and then they had two sons or three sons or whatever. And it's like, okay, and how did that go later on? What happened to, the, so there was no ladies. They, they you know, they, was it their own mother who gave birth to their children? Or, you know, what, what's up with that? So it, it's so much that it's just like cut out half of who we are to say no because they realize the power of it because that is from everything is created from that energy of the feminine essence in combination with the masculine that's like the pillars holding it so you can't do it you know you need both the unity well said susanna i totally agree with you and also i i, I also my perception is that is a deep programming also because we know how energy also works. We know that energy needs to, you know, flow in and out, up and down, you know, to our inner realms, outer realms in the ascending, descending flow. And, you know, that's how energy works. But also to come back to your question for me, uh, Senif, also when I, as as the nurturer in the yin energy, always give and give and give to our others out there, you know, but I'm not so good at myself. I'm not so good at, you know, fill my own cup first because so I give, I give, I give, and then I become depleted, you know, I burn up. I have less access to the water again. And, and so when I'm depleted or, you know, stressed and I have a lot of stored frozen emotions, there's no flow, there's no flow of energy. And I, I, I continue to give. And when I am giving, you know, I can't give anything that I don't have. So that's also, <laughs> and that's the paradox because the more I fill my own cup with, the more I have to share, the more I have to give, right? And the more I give to myself and the more I am in flow, the more wisdom I have, you know, access to. So also this is a deep programming to that more noble to give to others to serve and not to think about yourself. Because if you do that all the time, then you become depleted and you have no access to your inner wisdom. Then you are only giving, you know, for, for from the ego you want to give because you are wanting something in return or you give because you think that you're better or you're more noble so then this becomes giving from another space and another energy and this is so what i'm talking about again is that it comes back to as much as i want to give and be of service to the outer world as much as i need to give to myself first so the program is that we should just give and give and give and give and sacrifice ourselves and our needs. Because, but that's just an illusion that is more noble or it's better because we know if, if I am like a bank account and I'm only taking withdrawals after withdrawals and, you know, taking out money, what will happen to the bank account? Well, it will be bankruptcy, right? 
so this is also our energy works and most as i said me and susanna we are energy workers and maybe you also some but what i mean is most people in the spiritual committee are also programmed which just and you know in in healthcare, we just give and give and give so the patient can come back and they don't do anything for themselves but they come in for more medications and more treatments and more but they don't fill their own cup so it becomes like a, a negative downward spiral and then at the end we have nothing to give you know we're depleted the well is dried up yeah and you can see it also in the sexual act so it it actually it's just like when we are open to receive as women and the man starts to give that's like they give and then they receive we women we have to do it the other way around we have to first receive and then we can give so that's also where they talk about the the, the sacred union or the heroes gamas within uh, mary magdalene and jesus is where jesus penetrated her he he, give, he was giving and then he could receive from her wisdom and and fill up fill his own cup but she had to receive him first and to then give so it's it's again it, it it's the the starting point is very different for men and women due to like where where the because of, of the, you know, the balance is a bit different between the masculine and feminine. And I think that that is, for us women, we need to receive much more. And uh, one of my favorite books is um, the, the Queen's Code with uh, Alison Armstrong. We have an interview with her on our podcast. I love that woman. And, uh, you know, I got a total crush on her because she's like, you know, amazing. But, uh, uh, and, and in, she talks about the castration of men because that when we, as women, we, you know, reject to receive the support from men, we actually castrate them. And what happens is that we, it's a lose lose. Men lose out and women lose out. So when we start to honor the men, see, you know, it's like they—they they are our heroes, and it's like, oh, thank you for opening the door, or whatever, like, you know, then the men can receive because we give. But again, if we cannot receive, there's nothing to give, and exactly as Ulus was saying, we are depleted. We don't have more to give, and we do that also by castrating the men who don't want anything but to be at service and give us and you know so so the the balance between the giving and receiving is crucial to have that unity uh between and all, that goes also as we've said like a gazillion times before now like within ourselves the masculine and feminine with ourselves so when do i give and receive uh, the, the feminine and masculine within myself so within exactly. and without. And that is the deep programming of society. That we believe we are in the illusion that we, we should give more. That we should give more and give more and it's more noble again. And then, you know, 
it keeps us busy in the loop of being in service from the wrong kind of energy and the wrong intention. And when we are busy serving others, we don't take time to do the quest to find our own inner holy grail, mm. right? So it keeps us in the loop. Distraction. Yep. Distraction, yep. distraction, yep. distraction. Yep. Do you know what? Do you know, I actually realized that uh, there's still so much more of this book that we could cover. And I've just kind of come to the conclusion that we're never going to get covered everything that we want to do. And listening to you two uh, talk about these things, I want to go so many different directions. Oh, I feel that we could have a conversation, an hour, an hour and a half long conversation on one of these topics. So much information is coming through here. And Benjamin can kind of hear this some wisdom. What we're just giving you here is a snapshot. Like I've had with Susanna and Ulrika was two with uh, now with Susanna and the first subject. And I honestly feel that we're scratching the subject. My intention doing this interview was to get everything covered that I wanted to do. And now that we're kind of like an hour and 20 minutes into that, realize it's not going to be the case. But perhaps that's kind of better because then at least so much more for hopefully you, the reader, uh, whether you're watching this on YouTube or whether you're listening to this on Wisdom or uh, on Odyssey, where I also publish um, interviews, that hopefully you'll be inspired to pick up this. And so I, um, with that, I just kind of wanted to say that, you know, at the time of writing this book uh, back in 2019, I think, there has been so much changed uh, in our world. There is so, so much which has changed. So much is speeding up. And uh, a lot has come to the surface. We've had, we've had a rest of celebrities. We've had, uh, you know, the kind of Me Too move. Child uh, 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 scandal with uh, Jeffrey Epstein coming into the like we've had the great reset the climate change agenda the lockdowns we devoted or you devote a whole section on on covid and what again a whole big kind of topic this is not only the concept of vaccinations the censorship of the internet um you know twitter kind of needs about how we were kept away from the things that uh are extremely healthy for us for sun and dirt from water once again that kind of holy fuck between the water and the sun two things which are extremely health for us health for us we have doctors come out we've had talk of 5g and mass and ems and how they affect our water in us and i guess what i wanted to ask you my kind of final question to you is uh have your own opinions changed about these things since the time of writing this book because it was first published in 2019. We did that process of writing it that, you know, it took place, the inception of it was created, you know, before 2019. And given that uh, society and events have moved on so fast since then, have your own opinions changed about this? Or is there more information that you'd like to bring to this discussion? Well, I we are doing Holy Fuck and Sacred Water, the second edition. So for me, I think more information has come through. 
And so holy fuck and sacred water second edition is going to be even more juicier and even more bold and even more socially and politically incorrect. So for me, I would say no. Uh, it's even more and it's even more confirmed that and I was thinking, you know, a couple of months ago there had this premiere of the Hollywood movie Avatar and the Secret something with the water and these past few years there's so many things with water that has come through on films and I know that they have come out with some you know purified water that you can sell in MLMs so for me uh, it has on the other way become more enhanced more increased and more important like like you say we are only touching the surface of the importance of water so uh, hold your eyes open for a second edition of holy fuck and sacred water and we'll tell you more <laughs> yeah i totally agree there's been deeper and more details coming through that what we had just picked up out in ether and the Kashic records and uh, all of a sudden you can see it on Fox News or you know whatever is mainstream media and you're like huh okay that's pretty cool um, but there's one thing that I feel have shifted is that I I have woken up to the even deeper levels to this and how we've all been so tricked into a lot of the things that I thought was, oh, this is like, ooh, this is really good. Turns out, no, that is also part of the illusion to keep us entrapped and keep us stuck. And even mm. the more words how we've been mindfucked through the words we're using, like the spells that, you know, we have scratched the surface on some of these stuff. We mentioned it, but I didn't, you know, it's just like, you know, you see there is a little hole in the pathway and you didn't realize it was just like going really, really, really deep. Um, so for me, the last few years has really gone, uh, gone so much deeper into the advanced tapestry of, of the whole matrix and uh, the, the how they use words as spells and how everything we say is actually creating realities and I've also had a lot of experiences the last few years where I can see that these concepts of how we create our reality it's literal and you know that there's a lot of these theories where we wrote it was like things coming through but we hadn't embodied them yet and where i can see that there's new layers and more embodiment and i can i can pick out much more um i can pinpoint much more um than i could before so the second edition yes that is going to uh, be even even more uh, and not so much of, of new concepts per se but it's more going deeper and also to explain a little bit more concrete uh, examples because of, of 
what we can, now we can see a lot of these things that we didn't have examples for before, but they were all these things coming through that we didn't really know how to explain. How do you explain energies? You know, like it's, it's weird. <laughs> I think I'll have to clear my schedule for the next year then and just because uh, it looks like we're going to be talking about uh, the concept of um, <laughs> sacred water uh, for a long time. <laughs> yeah, but, but we can also keep in mind subject, that every time, every time we talk about it and every time that you read it, it goes deeper and activates more of your and our inner wisdom mm -hmm. so when we are talking about it also we use other senses not only write and read and you use eyes but also we are talking about it so every podcast we do about it is also a reactivation and we have to remember we cannot process an infinite amount of information at the same time so it's also a process for it to go into our cellular memories and and uh, clear out the old information and 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 bring in the new so it it's it's supposed to be a process it's not supposed to grasp everything at the same time that then why would we be here it's pointless so it is to if we want if we take this seriously but but, but, you know, that we want to expand our consciousness, we need to use it in, in, with humor and not take it so seriously. So the paradoxes are, again, of, of, of having fun and explore and be curious and not take it so seriously in that sense that we think that we need to get everything mentally no it's more to get the more experiences and the more we can see oh and we 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 do that in our own pace we don't need to have the, the quick fixes are that is another of the illusions embodiment is a lifelong journey we are here in in beyond because we you know we we souls that are very very old and you know so there's no stress and no need to get this intellectually. There's frequencies and it will come to be activated when you're ready. And it comes back. The circle is closed because this brings us back to your first question, the importance of feeling it. To experience it, to feel it. <laughs> And that's what our means is you have talked about talked about talked about on uh, this platform and all wisdom that I'm blue in the face. It's all about your feelings. <clears throat> well, one of the other things that has been suppressed. And I guess uh, where then can we find you if anyone is watching this for the first time or anyone is returning uh, and seeing these previous interviews that I've uh, conducted with yourselves or the associations and is, is ever more curious on feels the time is right now to 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 maybe reach out and discuss each of you individually or each of you together where then can we find you susanna 
Okay, yeah, I'll go first. So, yeah, so Ulis and I have a website called reactivatedembodiment.com and where we have um, uh, so things that are happening between us, like what we are doing. Um, and then the main, my main project at the moment is working with with frequency devices and frequency from uh, quantum fields and water. Uh, and so I blog and podcast and do materials there. And that is on frequencywonders.com. So um, that's just like the main websites at the moment that uh, are the main activity is. Okay, so the first, um... The first one was, could you say that one, first one again, just for the people as may not have heard that? Reactivatedembodiment.com. So it's a reactivation, okay. like reactivated embodiment. Frequency wonders with an S. And for me, uh, who are working also with quantum the quantum field but but to to do it embodied like in my services my website is www.ulliscarlson.com so it's u-l-l-i-s-k-a-r-l-s-o-n.com brilliant absolutely fantastic and if anyone does want a copy of the or any of the book amazing people have uh, written or co-authored one of them on any, either of those websites or any of the websites that they um, have stated then they can actually get a signed copy if you would prefer a digital copy it's available on Amazon um, but for anyone who would like the thick feel I guess um, and having a personalized copy you can reach out to either a <laughs> Uh, Susanna or Ulrika and, and purchase a signed copy or potentially you could uh, ask them both to sign up um, for a nominal fee I'm sure um, so again uh, I guess I'm going to have you back on again I would like to actually speak to both of you even just a, a general uh, conversation I guess on the topic of gender and stuff like that I think that would be an interesting thing and what, what then uh, I guess it's for the future or when are we likely to see the second edition I guess of this holy fuck so that I can prepare <laughs> so hopefully um, till by the summer so um, on the same date as it was first birthed out into the world but just like three years later in a different timeline Okay. So right, by okay. the summer. Yeah. yeah. So it's a. I think summer. Will, okay. You know, July right. July. 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 One is interested in and reading more about this. This is your opportunity to get the first um, edition of Holy Fuck and Water and immerse yourself in that. It is a fantastic, but. Uh, as Susanna and Ulrika have kind of mentioned here, it's, it's it's a kind of long process to read it because 
there's so much information contained within it that uh, you'll not get it all at once and you're not meant to get it all at once. It has taken me three interviews to scratch the service or get a broad overview of the book. And as you heard me saying, as we have talked about this, there are so, so much more that we could go off. We could go off at tangents and do multiple interviews about this. Um, it's such a fascinating book, and I would absolutely urge anyone to reach out about it to um, understand their own kind of power, um, understand how to rebalance themselves and how to clay inside and listen to the amazing personal deals that both Ulrika and Susanna have recounted within it. Um, but with that, then I'll close down the interview and thank you both for agreeing to come up. Um, the, I'll have to obviously upgrade my connection, but um, hopefully the actual finished interview turns out a little bit more better than that and I will absolutely look forward to catching up with you both again in the future. Yeah. Thank you, Zenith. Always a pleasure to be here with you and your audience and we look forward to next time. Yes, I also say thank you, Zenith, for having us and for allowing me and Susan to talk freely about what we are passionate about and uh, so thank you for being here and thank you who's tuning in and also listening. Thank you. Mm -hmm.